0: People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life. I like Wes Eisley. I like everything about him. All right, and we're live on today's podcast. We have a living legend in magic who's still going strong. This magician has performed all over the world and is equally as talented at sleight of hand as he is an illusionist who performs large-scale grand illusions, like producing a fighter jet live on stage. He's been featured on NBC, ABC, CBS, as well as numerous international television shows worldwide, including a television special in Beijing, which was broadcast live to 1.3 billion people. This is my favorite part, though. Princess Stephanie of Montico called him tall, dark, handsome, and very mysterious. Everybody, it's the one and only Brett Daniels. What's up, buddy? Hey, Wes, how are you? Hi, everybody. No no one has ever called me tall, dark, handsome, mysterious. My mom (laughs) called me handsome, but that was my mom. I call you handsome. What are you talking about? Dude, Princess Stephanie is is hitting on you. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that was uh, a
1: long ago and far away, a long time ago.
0: No, but hey, that is live on the internet, and that lives forever. And every day, like Penn Gillette patting me on the back and telling me I'm a genius, I play that clip every day. So every day, <laughs> he's saying that over and over. Thank you. Anyway. Oh, gosh. So what's up, man? How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm real good.
0: So what was the day in the life of Brett Daniels today?
1: today I uh, let's see I uh, took care of my birds I've got a I've got five parrots uh, that I use in my show and one of my birds I was 36 years old uh, and I love them to death I'm very close to them probably my closest relationships at this point in my life and and one of my birds has a as an eye problem so I took him to the vet and he's got some eye drops and so that was the main focus of my day today
0: oh sweet but you said parrot they're McCall's aren't they
1: yeah macaws I've got three macaws and two cockatoos but okay. they're they're all parrots I mean they're in the parrot okay family.
0: okay so mm-hmm. we've never had macaws we have doves but we don't have anything big big and and something that's gonna last that long thirty five right. years I thought they were about twenty five years what is the lifespan of a macaw or parrot
1: oh uh, they can live uh seventy five years so they're in the wow. uh, you know they're in their upper middle age I guess at this point um wow. At least in captivity, they they live that long if they're if they're happy and healthy and they and they are right now they they love uh, what they they love being on stage and doing doing the show. Uh, there was a period of time where I didn't use them because I was traveling internationally for about ten years, so I didn't work with them for a, like a decade, and and they did not like that. So now they're they're doing shows again for the last year or so, and and they love it, so they're good to go
0: did they stay with family that's the hard part with us we have animals we have chickens and ducks and doves and bunnies right uh, right yeah able to take care of them when we're gone exactly
1: took care of
0: your animals for you did you have family
1: My, take my care mom of them? always did yeah my mom okay. always did that so she was always very good with that and and I would uh bring them over to her house when I would leave uh the country and uh and they were used to that so that was good
0: wow so you had a decade gone but you've been traveling the world for many decades
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've been uh uh well I've been in magic for about forty five years. Um, I'm sixty two, so I started when I was fifteen, so um I'm will be sixty two shortly here in a couple of weeks. So um I started late, fifteen years old. I don't know what about when did you start in that? How old were S- you?
0: Seven, but um I'm forty four and I, I I I don't compare it to where you were at 25 probably
1: <laughs> no, no. Not, Dude, you're a superstar
0: true. magic i'm loving wow. this already i'm having a blast
1: um, oh thank you that's that's not true but i'm uh i'm just another guy doing magic and doing the best i can
0: you know we all dude, do that's another thing you complimented me when we talked last week and i was like i was on cloud nine heading to that show we were on the phone <laughs> talking i was like brett likes me brett likes. Me. <laughs> oh, i'm just a, i'm a dude i am i am what? in my heart i'm that seven-year-old kid i'm that i'm that Fifteen-year-old kid that's watching World's Greatest Magic on TV, like oh, NBC Prime Time, dude. That's you, man.
1: Um, yeah, and you know I'm I'm that kid too. I'm 15 years old watching Doug Henning on his very first TV special. Um, I remember the day it was, it was December 26, 1975. I I went over to my friend Scott Kloppenberg's house and wow. we watched it together and uh, sat in in his uh, guest room and on this little couch and. And uh, I really took to it. And he was one of my best buddies. We were playing basketball and football together and tennis. and uh, sophomore in high school. And uh, it just sort of took over my life from that point forward. And here's kind of a funny story. So that friend, Scott Kloppenberg, who I hadn't seen them for all these years. When I got, my, I got a contract with Mandalay Bay Corporation, they built me a theater like, like they did for Lance Burton. But my theater was originally going to be at the Luxor Hotel, but it wound up being in Tunico, Mississippi. Well, that friend who I fell out of touch with for decades. Once he saw me on TV in the in the 90s, got back in touch, and, and he uh, and Mandalay Bay asked me to provide a theater manager for this new theater that they were opening for my a new showroom um, at this theater they built for me. And I got back in touch with this guy, and he became my, my, the theater manager, and he trained. Then he went out to Las Vegas and trained at Lance Burton's show from his theater manager in Las Vegas for a couple of ones so it all kind of came full circle very quick. Wow. wow. That's
0: awesome. That was one of the yeah. questions I was going to ask you. Who are your inspirations? Big Doug Henning fan.
1: Yeah Doug Henning, you know, so 1975, that to me was the, you know, before your time obviously, but it was the golden age of magic is renaissance in my opinion. So Doug Henning was was coming on television, which opened up the 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 whole floodgates for all this magic on television. Now before him there was Mark Wilson on TV. Um, uh, but Doug Henning really, uh, resonated, I think with, with people who wanted to become magicians and, uh, and lay people as well. It was a superstar and that opened the door for David Copperfield's career uh, a few years after that. And, and inspired, there were so many magicians about my age right now. If you think about it from, uh, who are illusionists from, uh, I don't want to age anybody, but we're all in the same, probably a little bit younger than me, but the, you know, Mark Kalen and Franz Ferrari and Lance Burton and. And all those guys, some a little bit older, some a little bit younger. But I believe they're all inspired by that television wave of magic that uh, was began by Doug Henning.
0: Now, see, I'm I'm in that wave of I liked magic. I did magic in school, but I was tinkering, man. I was known. I wasn't good at sports. Right. I wasn't good at, at school. I was a C student. But I could could do card tricks. I could I could do magic (laughs) and I could fool my teachers. And that gave me the confidence boost. And I was the magic guy. So it was always coming up with something new because they're just hungry. The audience is hungry. You see these people every day. You can't do the same Mm -hmm. trick again. You have to come up with something new. Right. And then when you guys, you know, broke the mold on World's Greatest Magic and those shows were just so awesome. You pop in a VHS, VHS tape and you're watching it in my house every friday night on a loop man it was just (laughs) that's funny that just totally inspired me yeah man yeah it was awesome. so from wisconsin i thought you were a part of that group i thought you uh, i'm just drawing a blank right now but the mark kalen and uh
1: kevin yeah the pendragons pendragons were on that show a lot um uh the the the, the first year i'm trying to remember when, when who's that so many years now but was Lance Burton, myself, the Pendragans, probably Kaylin, Franz Herrary, Princess Tenko. I believe Penn and Teller were on it as well. Um, uh, those were the sort of the people who did the bigger things, and of course there were there was Matt King and uh, uh, probably David Williamson and and comedy people and all you know all kinds of and uh, um, was it John Carney, you know, of Michael Lamar, all those people.
0: But what I was saying was. Uh... Mark Kalen and uh, Kevin James were from the like, San Francisco area, California area, and they had yeah, listen. I can't think L- of L-A. the group. What was so? That I think
1: that I think had. Kevin James, Kevin, is from Michigan originally. Um, so he, I'm from Wisconsin. Kevin's from Michigan. Franz Ferrari originally from from the Detroit area. Mark Kornhauser okay. from Detroit. Uh, but I think Kalen was uh, L.A. guy, Long Beach Mystic. He was there part of there I
0: thought you were part of the Mystic. That's what I was trying to. Get oh you yeah, got it. You no.
1: Got it. Yeah, no, not at all. That would have been like Bill Smith and um, and uh, Mike Caveney, maybe. Okay. Um, you know, that, that group there.
0: But uh, that's an amazing group. And I, I thought you were right there in the mix with them. I thought you were part of that. So Wisconsin, what is the what is the magic scene out like there growing up?
1: Well, growing up, it was great because um, there was a, a magician who uh, I think is very well known even to this day, David Seebach, an illusionist. Okay. So yeah. David David did, uh, he was, in fact, David uh, was an illusionist, and he's about 10 years older than me, so he was the king of all magicians uh, in the entire Midwest, uh, doing a big illusion show before even I got into magic. He was doing big illusions being 10 years older than me. He was doing it in like in 1970, and um, he already had this huge two-and-a-half-hour illusion show that he would tour the country with and do it at the University of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, on an annual basis, and he uh, it took me a long time to, to get to know him. I was into magic a few years from the magic shop. There was also a magic shop in Waukesha, Wisconsin, which has been in the news lately for a lot of the wrong reasons for people who might have watched some news, parade issues and things like that, Christmas parade. So that's a town that I'm from. But there was a magic shop there called the Joke Shop, and it's there to this day, and it was uh, owned by a man named Don Lamb who uh was a proprietor and then later jeffrey campbell uh two gentlemen who are still good friends of mine that also taught me a lot of magic so i was exposed to illusions from david Seebach, and then sleight of hand which is really uh my, my first love in magic um through those guys and uh really brought me along and taught me a lot
0: so when you're putting your show together young brett daniels you know you're, you're doing shows you are I wasn't blowing smoke when I'm saying you're proficient at sleight of hand. Uh, a lot of <laughs> illusionists get by with sleight of hand; they do bare minimum car manipulation routines, things like that. You're awesome, dude. So
1: what? <laughs> well, thank you.
0: I mean, you didn't jump right into illusion shows, though. I mean, you were doing probably competitions and close-up magic first.
1: Yeah, um, I would. Well, <laughs> funny story. I did. Um, uh, I did a competition at there was this magic convention. I was only in magic for about a year. It was in Milwaukee. It was the magic conclave. And it was my first exposure to like, like professional magic from like seeing what it was all about. There were dealers and shows and public shows and all this stuff going on. There was a junior magicians contest. So I entered that and I, it was only four contestants. So I thought, Oh, great. And they were giving away a first, second and third prize. So I thought, well, this is great. I got a good chance here. So, uh, as it turned out, I went on stage, did my fantastic, uh, I was Brett Danielski then, and his uh, initial sleight of hand magic performance, and uh, so everybody got a prize, first, second, and third, except for uh, the gentleman you're talking to right now. So I was the only one who didn't wow. get anything. So, wow. well, <laughs> that,
0: that's good, though, because that lights a fire. Now you want to prove something.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a good experience. I hated it then at the moment. I wanted to fling myself off the iceberg. But, uh, Dude. But I'm happy about it now.
0: So what was your first illusion?
1: First actual illusion that I that I got was a chalet sub trunk. Okay. All right. And uh, I remember I was still in high school, probably a junior or senior. I remember I paid $350 for it. The magic shop ordered it for me and I, I got a sub trunk so that I could, you know, do a metamorphosis routine just like Doug Henning. So that was my One, first One, two, dream. three, it's me? That's right. <laughs> Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Really. All right. Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Set it up in the backyard and I practiced with it and um, um, you know, try to get it in and out as fast as I could and all that stuff. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a big deal. I set it up in my bedroom and jump up on top of it and I couldn't stand up straight on it because uh, it was too high, but from a ceiling. But it was, uh, it was a great experience to get it and you know dip my toe into the illusion world.
0: And we've been there. We, we bring ours and it's like, you know, I think it's a 10 foot ceiling. OK, 10 foot's the minimum we can do. 10 foot's great. No, right. it's like an eight and a half foot ceiling. <laughs> Guys, right, we can't right. do this. Uh, right. Yeah, we've had that. We've had that. I also have a, a video I will have to send you privately. Um, only my Patreon people get to see it, Brett, because uh, it's embarrassing. But we were, practicing, <laughs> we were practicing metamorphosis on our back porch and I videotape rehearsals. And um, I, we make the switch and I'm throwing the cloth up and I grab the cloth and I misstep. And I don't want to drop the cloth. I don't want to reveal the illusion on camera. And I'm right. holding the cloth, the, the ring at the top, and I just go back and knock the wind out of myself.
1: And Natalie's oh, yeah. stuck
0: in the box and she's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> right. okay." And I'm laying on my back. I didn't drop oh, the cloth or anything. I didn't want to reveal it. It's
1: pretty funny. Oh no! I think so. that's probably happened to everybody along the way at some point.
0: You know, we didn't want that illusion for the longest time because we're like everybody does it. But once you right. practice it, you get a respect for it. It's 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 not easy. We right. don't and you're doing everything in the dark. So it's not like you could train somebody real quick, "Hey, I just need you to do this." Well, what right. are you doing? No, it's definitely I don't know. A, yeah, it's a it's one of those muscle memory things.
1: Yeah, it's a physical skill and timing between two people and all that. It's a real art form, absolutely.
0: So, we saw you at Myrtle Beach And um, it was an awesome show. And we talked to you afterwards about something. Something came up in conversation about your dancers and you were training and you had some new girls you had just gotten. I have no idea how many girls you've been through in your lifetime, (laughs) whether whether you get them at every location. But you also do choreography in your shows. Do you do that or do you hire a choreographer at each location? How does that work?
1: yeah as far as the girls uh movement and dancing choreography that's always a professional choreographer who who did all that and i worked with several you know throughout my career i don't do that anymore because we don't you know the, the kind of stuff i'm doing right now uh doesn't have any of that but um back in the day and for i mean you know for probably four decades uh until just a few years ago um yeah i would bring in uh, choreographers to to stage the girls movement of course I would, you know, sort of. I um, then I had I would teach them the illusions, or somebody on my staff would teach them how to do the illusions. and I'd kind of figure out the basic blocking and how to put it together. But I had some good, re- really good people to work with uh, over the years.
0: I can't. I I can't dance at all. So that's that's <laughs> the that's the that's the scariest, most intimidating thing. Even having. Nor can I. Of- well, even no, having a girl dance around you, there's things you have to do. You move, you wiggle a little bit, you do some stuff, and <laughs> that's too much for me, Brett. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, I follow you.
1: You're yeah. probably better off. You're probably better off.
0: <laughs> well, I just can't do it. But Life I'm is better i better without it. I'm like, I don't know. I don't how does that work? How do you, does he have to teach those girls? Um, I could not find a clip. I can't find a YouTube channel dedicated to you. You need your own YouTube channel. If you don't have one, get one, get somebody to do it for you. We need
1: yeah, your one videos day. to live out there. there what, one one day, it's on uh, my bucket list. One day, I'll, I'll. I've got I've got so many things that the world of magic even hasn't seen yet, um, because they were done in obscure places like across the planet, or some things that um, that haven't been put out there yet. So one day, when I get time, I'll, I'll probably put some more stuff out there.
0: Well, I don't have a lot of free time. Send them to me, I'll upload them for you in your account. And <laughs> I'll, I'll set you up. The world needs right. to see this, man. Um, okay. but dude, awesome stuff! But I could not find the teleportation, uh, with you in the air in the helicopter and everything. Was that Champions oh. of Magic?
1: Uh, what was that? Uh, it's probably good that you couldn't find that. So that's, that's that's a plus. Um, uh, no, <laughs> no, because you had a
0: Baywatch beauty on there, but I can't remember her name.
1: Well, I'll tell you a funny story about that. So that was I think that was I near never the watch,
0: but
1: yeah, I don't either. So yeah. it was it was near the end of the World's Greatest Magic series, fourth or fifth or sixth one or something and and here's what I I can tell you I don't even know if the the magic world knows this, um for people who are not magicians, this was a, you know, big TV series special and I was going to be the like the the main marquee big illusion at the end. They always do this big thing that they Advertise and market well. Truth be told, uh, I should I can reveal this. I didn't have anything to do with that illusion. I didn't even know what the effect was while I was performing it. There was a. a oh my goodness. There was there. Gary Willette was the a dear friend who passed away in two thousand three. He was the magic coordinator for those uh, series, and he would he designed that illusion for for somebody, and they asked me to do it, and and I remember flying out there, we flew out on a helicopter to get there, and, and asking him, so what's the, what's the effect again? What's happening? He goes, well, you're going to make this girl from Baywatch disappear from this side of the Grand Canyon and then reappear on the middle of the Grand Canyon on this little, I guess they call it a spire, a little growth in the middle of it or something. Human, humanity has never been on this little area of the Grand Canyon before, and it's the first time any humans are going gonna to make her go from one place to the other So I couldn't quite wrap my head around it, but eventually I got it. And uh, but I had very little to do with that.
0: Wow, particular wow.
1: Illusion. So it's OK with me that you can't find it.
0: Well, and the other thing is, I mean, it's just logistical. It's like, all right. So you got to get two helicopters. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to put the thing out there because she has to appear over there. So somebody's right. got to place that originally. Right. Oh, my gosh. But. You yeah. just did kind of your hands were clean. You didn't have to do anything. You just showed up. I didn't, yeah, yeah I, I just
1: showed up. I just in fact, I was out pretty late the night before, as I recall, now that you're you're bringing it <laughs> up. And I uh I, yeah, I was I I just sort of yeah, I, yeah, that was not not my finest work. And uh I heard magicians hated it. And I only think I watched it one time and I wasn't real fond of it, but um it was it, it was OK.
0: What they needed was somebody that was tall, dark, and handsome, and you fit the gate. That's, that's what it was,
1: man. I don't know. I don't know. They I know. They, they think maybe they ran out of other people. and they. Uh,
0: they Everybody else passed? They, Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. He said, I'm not touching that one. Brett will do it. Brett will do it. Ask Brett. Thank like yeah, you, man. Yeah.
0: So uh, I got a whole bunch of questions here for you, man. Your most iconic thing that I remember from World's Greatest Magic, Champions of Magic, all that stuff, you did. I teach a magic class for the homeschool students. This one homeschool has 750 kids. Oh, wow. Um, it's, and, and each, right. I mean, I have like 50 students in that one school and like 40 in the other. And it's, it's it pays as much as a show. And I go once a week, twice sure. a week for the two different shows. But sure. today I always teach magic history. So I'll tell them about uh, Paul Daniels. I'll tell them about John or Robert Houdin. Today, mm-hmm. for the hell of it, it was Brett Daniels' day. And I got to watch, I got to walk as I was doing research for the podcast as well, right? So I'm scrolling through stuff and I'm showing them stuff. And I was showing them the Marilyn Monroe piece. Okay. Did, did you have a fascination with Marilyn Monroe or was it just iconic and you thought that was awesome because it's iconic? Or did you really yeah, have a fascination the
1: for her? The, you know, it was, it was more of a matter of uh, the iconic status of her as a personality. I wasn't, I'm not really a Marilyn Monroe fan. I don't think I've ever even watched one of her movies. To be, I hate to reveal that, but that's that's the truth. But I I thought, you know, the, her representation, I was more interested in doing an effect uh, called The Artist's Dream and trying to do it in a new way um, and involve, ra- rather than involving the way I think it had normally been done with just the magician's assistant, I thought I would try it with an iconic personality. And I thought Marilyn Monroe uh, would be kind of, good to try it with
0: well and i was searching all around and i saw several videos of it and i, I don't think i'm revealing if you reveal the helicopter i'm not revealing a trick but <laughs> no yeah, it's been sure. different girls at different times and sure. the cool thing is the outfit and the hair makes the actress they don't even have to look like marilyn Monroe. it's just the outfit right. and the hair it's marilyn Monroe from stage so right that's right. that's nice touch too because that's just yeah. it makes it
1: yeah right and I had done several different versions of that particular illusion. Uh, There's a really elaborate one that I started off with, all these film reels and the shadow thing, and it was too complicated. And, and so um, I left that behind and came up with sort of a, a more simple version uh, with uh, a version where, it, where it, the girl comes out of the Marilyn comes out of the picture, she appears on stage, we dance around a little bit, she dances, I stand there. Um, there, I think there was a book involved, or a piece of poetry that Marilyn was fond of was read, and, and then she gets covered with a cape and vanishes, and then she goes back into the picture, and the pages of the book blow shut, more like a little vignette. And and my buddy Lance Burton allowed me, granted me permission to use uh, one of the things that he had uh, come up with and popularized with his cape vanish. Very nice of him. So, which I'm is beautiful,
0: to, yeah, yeah.
1: The Lance for that, and um, we wound up. Being uh, a piece that people still sort of talk about in the magic world to this day. So I'm kind of happy about that.
0: Well, you know, now that you say something uh, on World's Greatest Magic, you read that quote from that book. But the video I I showed the kids today didn't have that. And I didn't notice it was missing, but I do like it because it does make it seem more endearing to you. Like, that you were fascinated with her. You know what I mean? Right. It, it right. really sucks right. you in. Yeah,
1: I right. like it. Yeah, and, mo- and most of the stuff I do, I think, is a little more authentic. That was maybe, you know, we've talked about two pieces so far that were kind of like, well, you not. Know, it's not really me, but I was playing a, a role in that part. But most of the stuff that I do is actually straight from the heart, whether it's the fighter jet or the Houdini water torture cell or doing close-up magic to the Partridge family music. And that's more stuff that was more personal to me, I think. Um, so,
0: when was the last time you did the water torture cell?
1: Uh, let's see. So, last time we did it I was 45 wow. years old. So that's 17 years ago. And that that then that will be it. I think 45 was pushing it a little bit, but I, I, uh, my, I was in doing a really really big show in Branson, Missouri, with like 55 illusions or something like that. And whoa, good we, we decided to bring it back for that. So I did it for a season there at this 4700 seat theater um, there so that was the last, and then and then when i uh, uh worked with the illusionists uh we put that i decided it was my idea to put to find somebody to do the water torch show on stage every night because i thought i was i think i might have been the first one doug henning was the first one in fact i had i actually bought doug henning's water cell when i was 19 years so it's interesting story i'll tell you at some point when you
0: were 19
1: yeah. Yeah. I'll get back to that. Yeah. Okay. Which was, which is a very, very funny, interesting, not funny, but interesting story, I think. But I, I thought I, I, I put the water torch cell in my regular show as opposed to just doing it as a special event. And I always did that. So I thought, let's do that with the illusionists. And so uh, we found a very talented escape artist named Andrew Basso from Italy to, to do it. And he did it in a new different way and um, did it on stage for many. Now I think it's in a lot of those, it when I say it, the water escape or something similar is in a lot of ensemble touring magic shows. But I think it was a unusual thing to see for a while back then.
0: Wow, yeah, I can't imagine doing it nightly. I could imagine doing it for like a county fair as a special occasion yeah. type thing. Yeah, that, that's how I did my upside down straight jacket escape. It was one and done, forklift the whole thing. But man, right. I, I can't do it weekly every night. I, I don't want to do it. Right. So how did you end up with the water torture
1: cell at 19? So, yeah, so I'm this, you know, again, I'm a kid and uh I'm not a very, I'm not a show business person at all. Uh, I never have no show business background. In fact, to this day, I'm not a show business person. I don't, I don't really, um, you know, it just doesn't come natural to me. I like the craft of magic and the art of illusion and all that stuff is what really where my interest lies. And show business is a, is a part of it that has to go along with it to be able to do it in my mind, at least that's the way it is for me. But so I, I didn't really have any connections or any education, so to speak, or any sophistication whatsoever. But um, I was working in a grocery store and uh, I saved a little bit of money, not much, maybe a thousand dollars or something. And I just thought, well, I'm going to call Los Angeles information. So I just dialed information, Los Angeles. And I said, um, Doug Henning magic, please. And the <laughs> operator back wow. in the day. Said, please hold. And the phone starts ringing. Of course, now my palms are sweating and I'm very nervous. I'm calling Doug Henning's operator. And I, I don't know. I don't know what possessed me to do this, but I, I'm on my parents' rotary yellow telephone in the kitchen and, wow. uh, and, uh, somebody answers and I say, "Up." Uh, uh, uh he- hello. Um, my, my, my name, my name is Brett Dan- Danielski. I'm calling from, uh, uh, Wisconsin and, um, may I speak to Doug, please? <laughs> well, Doug's not here, but, uh, I'll give you his manager. So who's on the phone. His name was Lou Rowe. I remember his name. And I, I explained to him who I am. And I say, uh, you know, w- would you guys sell me your water torture cell? And he goes, hold on a moment. And he goes, yeah, we will. We'll do that. And I go, well, I don't have any money. He goes, no problem. We'll ship it to you. Uh, I go, how much do you want for it? He goes, well, we're going to need a $2,000. I go, sold. So I said, I don't have any money now. But he said, don't worry. We'll ship it to you. You pay us when you can. And three weeks Holy later, goodness. at Yellow freight uh, appeared, Doug Henning's water torture cell.
0: Oh, my. Wow. My job is on the floor. I can't Oh my! I can't think right
1: now. Yeah. Oh, my it was, goodness. I, it was uh, unbelievably uh, thrilling for that to happen. And then I would send him a couple hundred dollars here and there as I could and paid for it. And uh, it was uh, it kind of started my my little fledgling magic illusionist career.
0: I got a poster of Doug Henning right behind me in my magic room of him upside down in the water torture cell, the cartoon poster.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was almost like a little miracle. Or something. I don't know what. I no mean,
0: kidding. It's like everything lined up perfectly for you. I, I don't know anybody who would be like, yeah, I'll send that to you and you just pay me when you can. Right. That's amazing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's really uh, quite a thing. So, I mean, a lot of things like that have happened. I mean, to all of us over our careers, I'm sure, uh, all the way around. But it's just one of those things that, you know, I don't really think about a lot. But thinking of it now as I'm speaking to you, you know, without that little kickstart, that jumpstart, uh, because that's sort of, put me on the map there as a really young unknown illusionist that, Hey, there's this, this guy named Brett Daniels now in Wisconsin. He's doing the water torture. So I said, yeah, I got this from Doug Henning, you know? So kind of cool.
0: And all yeah. the magicians wanted to see it just because it was Doug's.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Did you ever meet Doug in person?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did a couple of times. Yeah. And He was very nice to me. And, uh, uh, he yeah, it, I, was, it, I was I was a little starstruck meeting him, so I was yeah. you know kind of quiet, kind of nervous meeting him. But uh, I had met him a couple of times while he was out on tour, uh, once in Chicago and once in Milwaukee. That's cool.
0: How little was he?
1: Real small, real I was you know real real spindly, real small, and uh, um, and I thought actually when you mentioned that, I thought, am I going to fit in this water torture cell? Because now I was I'm six two. Right. You're and, a big yeah. And but unfortunately, it it I sort of filled it up, so I fit just fine. They built it in such a way that he had like an extra foot of bedroom there, so it was fine.
0: Wow! Wow! That is so nice. awesome, dude. Yeah, no kidding. So, where is it now? Where's the water torture cell now? Do you still have it?
1: No. At one point, uh, probably what year was that? I was living in L.A. Um, and I was just about to. Go up to Lake Tahoe for a couple of years. I sold it to Dean Gunnerson.
0: I was going to say Dean probably has it. I was going to yeah. say that. I want to get him on the podcast. He seems like a yeah. great
1: guy. Yeah. I think that was about 1988, 89, 90, something like that. I remember me and Dave Hamner. I don't know if you know Dave Hamner or uh, not.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Hamners.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the Hamners. Uh, we loaded it up from my warehouse in Los Angeles and uh, shipped it off to Dean. I remember me and Dave lifting that thing up. So uh, it's funny how you think of the weirdest little things to Weird, no it just comes that, back to you yeah, yeah. looking crate. back looking back on all this stuff but yeah i think so dean had i, I would assume he still does only because it kind of a collector's piece i think
0: i'm yeah, trying to see I, if yeah. i can if i can make a phone call right i have brett daniels phone number it's like uh you know that shirt you wore on that one show you think you'd sell <laughs> it to me <laughs> i'll make payments to you i don't know if i can afford it <laughs> I'll make payments. that's funny that's um funny. So talking about illusions and things, I'm just going down my list of questions here. Some some tricks don't fit people right. You know, the, the motorcycle production, some magicians don't look like it fits them right. For you, right. you just look so cool on that bike. It looks like it fits you. It looks like you ride. Do you ride?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I've always had a motorcycle since you I you look a kid. like you
0: ride. That's what I was saying. My wife yeah. and I, we love riding. My bike bike's been broke down for a few years now, and I we have it. we have uh Two-year-old identical twins, so we don't get out much anyway. So, uh, <laughs> oh,
1: right, right, uh,
0: right. Yeah, but we love it. We love it. But you look like you ride. That's what I was saying. Yeah, it really fits you, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, I just, uh, I've always liked that sort of thing. I like, uh, you know, cars and motorcycles and airplanes and helicopters and all that kind of thing. So, I mean, at least I did. I mean, I'm a little older now, so I, I'm past that phase of my life, but still have an appreciation for it.
0: You're never too old to
1: ride, though. Yeah, you know what? I don't I don't currently have a motorcycle. I had a couple in my show and I, I gave them away. So I don't know where they are right now. I think they're trying to be shipped over to uh, Europe somewhere. I gave them to somebody in Europe. I can't remember who. We're trying to get them over there. Um, my buddy Reza has them right now. I think he's. I got to find the titles for them because they're brand new. They only had like a thousand miles out there, like collector bikes. But part of the. Gave away uh, a bunch of stuff a few years ago. and
0: Well, you want to talk about to that? I mean, who does that, Brett? No one does that in the world ever has ever <laughs> given away magic. Like, hey, I'm not going to use this anymore. Who, who wants it? Yeah. Yeah, most people are looking to make profit off of it. For sure. Yeah, you
1: know what? Yeah, I I I just want to give back a little bit to the magic community and want to help some people who could maybe use some help or maybe see that this stuff was going to be used because some of the stuff that I had was so big and, you know, there's only a few people who could use it. And then I had other stuff that was more, you know, in medium size that people could use. And I just decided, you know, I had sold a bunch of stuff before in the past because I had so many, so many illusions. I mean, probably had about well over a hundred and something over my career. And I still had a bunch and I just, I just decided to it would be so much easier just to see who wanted it. So, no
0: big deal. All right. Well, I hope I'm not talking out of school, but you put a thing out to the magic community during COVID and all that time. And like everybody's suffering right now. I have this. Write me a letter. If you can use it, it's yours. Dude, oh, that yeah, was yeah. that was amazing. Amazing, Brent. You're awesome, dude. Oh, no um, big
1: deal. No big deal.
0: No, it is because everybody, everybody, you know. When they're alive, they're trying to get as much money as they can for their illusions. When they get rid of them, now yeah. when they're dead, you, you you know pennies on the dollar. But you're still alive; you still can sell these things, and you were doing well, Barry.
1: That. Okay, amazing. so I'm sort of in between the alive and dead part then. So that <laughs> no. that explains oh. it actually. Now
0: that, now that bad, you mentioned I it, I, that. That. I, I think
1: that. that was <laughs> my motive. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been part totally of my motivation. No, this,
0: so um, just a generous guy for sure. That's pretty damn awesome. I think. Um, how was your AGT experience?
1: um bad
0: you didn't like it you got to the semifinals.
1: no no i don't think i did i mean i hardly even think of it anymore but it was last time i had been on television had been way before that and television network television was such a different experience and by the time i got back there um it was not great it was bad so what season at least were was, you on
0: were you still I, on where they were where they were crapping on magicians?
1: i don't even remember um let me see I don't know what season it was. I just remember I did not enjoy the experience and not have a good time. And, um, and it was, it was a weird, it was a weird thing. And back, back, back when I was on television on real TV specials, the, at least what I call real magic TV specials, boy, there were, there was a magic consultant and they were like protecting the magic and all that. And yeah. And the world had changed uh had kind of gone by me in the interim so i I guess i kind of found out the hard way but that's part of part of the journey but i didn't uh i didn't really i didn't really enjoy my time there
0: well i mean kevin james had some stuff to say about him too but i i I don't know if they've changed i mean because i mean they've done a 180 with magicians in general now
1: Um, you know i think it's a great a great opportunity and i think it's a great thing for I don't know is it still on the air I don't even because I don't watch a lot of I, I don't TV. watch it
0: either I, people yeah. send me clips and I hear there's magicians and I'm like okay
1: yeah but so I, I think it's great I think it's great because that's where all the all the um magicians that are that are becoming known that's what I think they're doing shows like that and Penn and Teller as right. you know yeah. and um, I think there was Wizard Wars there's other things that, that have been on but I think that's the big one and it's it's a I mean it's a great thing for them to do it just wasn't it wasn't good for me. So I think I was not uh, in there. I wasn't part of their storyline or I wasn't in there. I, was, I wasn't what they were looking for. Whereas back in the day I was, so it was kind of like, Oh, 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 okay. Gotcha. So,
0: well, we can also say some behind the scenes stuff that I am a hundred percent sure that you didn't wait in line for 12 hours to get in there either. They hunted you down and asked you to be there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I didn't. Yeah, there was no audition or anything. I think I just uh, they sent in a video and.
0: But and... the way they, but the way they do it on television, they make it look like everybody's waiting for twenty hours outside when they're. Oh yeah, you know, when yeah. are no, hunting entertainment.
1: Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. That. I guess that's accurate. That I wasn't part of that.
0: Yeah, we we've yeah. been asked several times, and uh, I brought up a whole bunch of names of magicians that they've uh, crapped on, and I'm like, "You're not going to do this to me, right? You're not going to do this to me. You're not going to do this to me." And we had the person on phone for how long, Natalie? Oh, a while. An hour? <laughs> An hour. And um, they're like, no, no, we've changed. We've changed. And I put it on speakerphone, Brett, and we uh, videotaped the whole conversation. So we had proof that they said <laughs> they weren't going to crap on us. And, right. uh, well, here, here's then, actually... and then they didn't po- follow through. So I think we may uh, have I think we uh, them off. <laughs> But you know, honestly, I, that's probably okay.
1: <laughs> I still think it's a good experience. In fact, I just remembered now, so after I did it, I thought, oh, okay, now I understand what's going on here. I actually got three young magicians together, <laughs> and I put together a little thing where they were doing synchronized sleight of hand. Oh wow! And and we presented it to them, and so I taught them a, a sleight of hand routine. They were all doing it at the same time. I spent like ten thousand dollars on a video for them, and and they were all in costume and makeup, and it was really cool, real avant-garde kind of edgy stuff, and. And I, I, was telling buddy, th- my buddies in the magic world, and everybody said, "No, no, uh, AGT, they hate sleight of hand. They're a big illusion. I said, no, 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 they're gonna like sleight of hand." Well, it was about two years early, and they still weren't into sleight of hand. Now, since then, that was in—I'll tell you what year that was. That was two thousand thirteen. Okay. So since then, they've come around to being all sleight of hand, right? And all this smaller stuff. So it's it's it changed, but we tried. Uh, so. I tried to, to get some younger people on that I thought were were uh, relevant and did some very good work, but it didn't work out. No.
0: So we have 20 minutes left, man. This thing uh, usually cuts me off right at an hour, so I don't want to okay. I don't want to lose a, a sentence if you're in the middle of something. I just want to warn you. Okay. You have now shifted instead of doing you're still doing shows, but you've kind of gone fifty fifty into the production side. Is that what you would say? Oh, uh, not really, sir. No, no I not. did 15, 15.
1: I, No, I did that for a while. I did that for a while where it was more like 80/20 20 producer, 20 performer. Okay. So I did that for for a while um so that that started with um a little bit before the Illusionists and then the Illusionists, then I did uh, um uh The Revolutionists that I worked with Chris Angel on the Supernaturalist. then I did Evercadabra. So I did that for, I don't know, five, six, seven years. And, and that was, boy, that was, uh, and I put, I spent a lot of money. I mean, seven figures all the time on, on many, multiple times on, on these things and couldn't quite uh, have it completely work out for one reason or another. Uh, one time, one of my partners, um, not with the Illusionists, this is a different partner. Uh, we did a show and it was successful. We stole all the money. Um, and there were just different things that happened. So, um, uh, so I, I kind of once, when I decided to sort of, you know, move some of those illusions, I had all these props sort of move out of those. That's when I decided, okay. In fact, it was a 0% production. So I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that right now. Um, and I haven't done that for a couple of years, maybe three years right now. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm, uh, I'm just now again. I'm just doing what I first love doing, magic. Slide out, hand yeah, yeah. Smaller stuff. So that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm not. One day I may, if I decide to stay in magic, who knows? I sort of take it day by day and see what happens. Um, but things are going take well right now. Uh, I might that, get back that into back.
0: that. I love you. Take it. Take that back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll see. We'll I, see. I hate. I
0: hate when a magician retires. I'm like, no, we'll no.
1: Um, <laughs> well, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But I, so I may get it back in. I have, I have some ideas and some unfinished business I'd like to finish someday, but um, it's not going to happen right now.
0: So just being 100% honest with you, um, I'm an open book, man. Uh, a name of a movie can throw me, and I do judge before I even walk into the movie theater, or even I won't watch it because I don't like the name of it. You had a show called Washagam.
1: Oh, yeah. i saying oh, it wrong. Yeah.
0: So, I judged it 100%. I'm being 100% honest with you. I judged it just by the name. And um, I just saw the video today and it seems super awesome. I didn't see the commercial. I just saw the name and maybe on a poster. And I was okay. like, Brett, what are you doing, man? What is this? <laughs> and then I saw the trailer today and I'm like, that sounds really cool. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Sure. Yeah. I forgot about that one. So, that was another, um, you know, fairly major, several year project. Uh, so, Washi that's magic show spelled backwards. And the whole show was was a um, was a murder mystery clue based show, kind of like a if you're familiar with M. Night Shyamalan's movies, where there's a twist at the end and everything is not what it seemed. Well, so I was I did that before the Prestige, before the Illusions, and they all kind of every sort of magic movie came out and had that premise. So I was doing this about four years before those movies came out ahead of the car a little before it's time I think perhaps um and it was more like a play with a lot of sleight of hand there were these characters there was wordplay and and callbacks and and things in fact even though I've never seen Darren Brown I believe he did something very similar to what I had done earlier with Washigam and he had I'm sure it was just created and in, independently but it was a very similar concept is what is what he did uh with his career where you see one show and at the end of the show, everything is revealed that what you saw, what you heard, what you experienced was not what you thought it was. and all fits together in a different way. So that's what that, I know it's a convoluted, complicated answer, but that's, as I recall, that's what it was.
0: It doesn't sound like a regular old magic show, man. It sounds very interesting, very cool, very very different. I think mm-hmm. it sounds neat.
1: Um, yeah, did you write yeah. that
0: yourself? Or did
1: you? Yeah. Other people no, I did. I, I did. I did. I wrote it myself. I think that was part of the problem. I mean, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, um, it really required uh, a playwright and, uh, you know, better minds than mine to really pull it off and execute it. I think I got it more than halfway there, but it wasn't enough.
0: So, how long well, did that
1: good. run? Where did it run? Uh, so, we did a, I spent two years on it. And we, t- we took it to the worst place in the world. Uh, we took it to Las Vegas. We ran into this corrupt union crew that was just stealing money from left and right. Oh, so I, it, it, I sort of developed over two years, did little pieces of it here and there. And then we took it to Vegas. At the, and it should have gone to a theater um, in London or somewhere, so, um, or a legitimate theater. Vegas was the absolute wrong place for it. But it, it was the opportunity that presented itself at that time. You know, truth be told, you know, since we're doing this, this podcast, I just the way that I work is uh, is not a way that I would recommend for anybody. I just get an idea, and I just do it. You know, I just throw caution to the wind. I do it all the time. It gets me in all kinds of trouble. Uh, comes, I mean, I go broke all the time, and then I I figure out another project, and I I'm incredibly blessed, and some might say incredibly cursed, but I just keep doing it, and I'm still doing it again. So we'll see.
0: Well, I mean how many how many people are listening to the podcast right now that never do anything so at least you took the gamble dude you did it
1: yeah i definitely take a lot of gambles
0: yeah, that's, you know what i mean
1: that so is the story it, of my life yeah
0: is there is there any video <laughs> dude you're talking bad about brett daniels brett daniels is awesome <laughs> <laughs> you're being hard on that guy um, okay right. so uh do you have videos of of Wushigum? do you have yeah some I, I want DVDs of these i want to somewhere. see them
1: yeah. Website. Somewhere. Put them
0: on your website. I want to uh, sell them I'll sell them for you. I'll, I'll pitch yeah. them at back, my back of the room sales and give you the profit. I want to <laughs> help you
1: out. Yeah. One um, day, one day, one day I haven't, you know, I haven't even looked at my website for you. I don't even, I'm not on social media. Uh, like I said, none of that stuff comes natural to me. And I've got to, you know, I've got to, if I decide I'm going to stay with what I'm doing, um, then I've got to obviously come into the, the world of color television and, uh, um, modernize myself a little bit, but uh, we'll see.
0: We'll see, my background is uh, I have a degree in marketing, so I oh, always well. come from, I, I have to, you know, the show comes first, but you got to market the show. You you don't right. have to have, you could have the best show in the world, but if people don't know about it, they'll never see it. So right. it, it, it's always marketing, marketing. I'm always learning about that stuff, man.
1: Uh, you know, I noticed that about you. You're fantastic at that. You're really Whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. You really know how to get the word out. You know how to present and uh, everything. And uh, I've got a lot of respect for that. So good for you.
0: God bless you. You should see the smile you just put on his face. That's the clip I'm listening to when I go to bed tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yeah, I want to say one more thing, though. I'm going through YouTube today trying to find anything I can Brett Daniels. I'm just eating it up. I'm loving it, man. And I see a video, and uh, the thumbnail has a, has a a guy that I've never seen before, and he's got a die in front of his face. Now, when I'm researching Brett Daniels. Looking, he's got a what? He's got a dye, uh I'm sorry, a Rubik's Cube, a Rubik's Cube in front of his face, and the thumbnail Rubik's Cube. picture. Oh, a Rubik's okay. Cube. All right, but wait, wait. Okay. And okay. Uh, so I'm looking for Wikipedia. Couldn't find anything. I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm, I found the thumbnail. There's a baseball player, football player. There's, there's lots of Brett Daniels. But yeah, you have I to type I in that Brett that Daniels' yeah. magic, and I okay. scrolled down and I saw this guy. I'm like, "Well, this is a magician too. I wonder if I know this guy." And I <laughs> it, and it's you, and you've shaved your head. i oh I'm yeah. like, that took me by surprise. I was like, "Whoa, is that for a character or is that something for keeps?"
1: No, that's uh that's just me being 62 years old and uh, um, shaved head look. Yeah,
0: dude, welcome to the club. I did it myself. I did it myself. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh that's
1: right. That's so, uh, right.
0: It yeah. looks good. It looks good on you. Yeah. Oh, thank
1: you. You got thank a good you. shaped
0: head, man. Welcome to the
1: club. It's a <laughs> it's a different it's a different uh approach, but um when did I do that? A couple years ago maybe?
0: Oh, so I'm late. I'm like
1: yeah. sorry. Years, so I'm just trying ago. to be like yeah. yeah, but but, <laughs> but nobody in, unless you're in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, you wouldn't know that because um, you know, I'm not haven't really been promoting myself and updating things and putting any, anything out there so uh, and there's a reason for that because I'm I'm kind of a work in progress right now and deciding if this new thing that I'm trying is going to work out or not and and so I'm just kind of laying low right now a little
0: bit. All right. So anybody out in Wisconsin, they can come see your show now, though, right? You have a show going on right now.
1: Yes, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And t-
0: tell everybody the name of the theater.
1: So it's it's uh, at the Tristan Chris Magic Theater, in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and it's uh, I think his website is LakeGenevaMagic.com and. Um, so my buddy, Tristan, Chris is also a Milwaukee magician that I didn't know much about. Um, he's a young guy. He's maybe 30, late thirties. And man, he built this. I didn't even know about it. It's like 35 miles outside of Milwaukee. I'd never been there. And he called me up one day and said, Hey, Brett, why don't you, in fact, my buddy, Bill Blagg was instrumental in putting, he said, why don't, Brett, this little thing that you want to do the small little, it's not only really that little, it's kind of still kind of big, but smaller thing for me why don't you and tristan get together tristan invited me to come do my show at his venue which is an incredibly generous thing if you think about it uh another magician inviting in another magician to his venue that he built and promoted all by himself it's a huge success by the way and uh and he's been kind enough to allow me to uh do my show and and pay me to do my show and work it out there and uh it's really quite a Quite a gift and a blessing, and I appreciate it every day. And and now we're doing a show together where he does the big illusions, and I'm doing the birds and the sleight of hand. And and boy, it's it's really going well. And so we're gonna do that for another year. And um, it's just a great thing, great opportunity. And uh, I feel very blessed to have that opportunity right now.
0: Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. that's awesome. How many seats does that place have?
1: 175.
0: That's perfect. That's great.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know it's and we've. So I had, I had hip surgery a little while ago. Uh, so I was like, I came up, came up on I me mean, where I couldn't walk anymore. And I had to go have take this, this taken care of. And we brought in um, Dan Sperry for a week okay. uh, and he did great. And David Seabach is going to come in and do a show this, uh, this Halloween. Uh, but it's basically the Tristan Christ uh, illusion show, which is fantastic. Uh, really a modern hip, fantastic thing. And I tell you, he sells out shows all the time. This is the nicest magic venue I've ever seen. It was built from the ground up. He bought land, and no family money or anything. He's a he's a go getter just like yourself. He wow. bought land. He he did a small uh little show in a storefront. He saved enough money to buy land and put up this this uh, two million dollar building. He just he's he's expanding right now with another three thousand feet with all this other stuff, and he's got one of the best illusion shows I've ever seen in this fantastic venue and. Man, he's killing it right now killing it that's awesome it. Dude. that's yeah. awesome so, yeah
0: so we have a uh, we have a podcast page that is like a supplement to our podcast so it's a facebook page and i'm going to put uh, some clips of yours on there and i'll I'll put, okay. I'll put i'll put i'll find some clips of this guy and put them up too and the website great. so people can get tickets to your show and everything great, Man, great. Yeah. this this uh this has been a blast you are awesome um, I, I don't like you saying you're going to retire soon or anything like that.
1: Well, I'm no, I'm not saying I'm going to retire. Okay, I okay. mean, you know, it's not my choice. I will be retired. You know, um, you know, not by my choice, but, um, you know, uh, it's not so much. I, I wouldn't ever, as long as I can become, keep relevant and do magic at a high level, I'm going to stay in it. It's just a matter of, it becomes more challenging as, as uh, time goes on. That's all.
0: I have a I have another Facebook page that just called Magicians. It's a way for me to do research without my wife yelling at me. You're just watching magic clips <laughs> over there. You should be working. I have over 19,000 people that that check out that site every day. I oh, put wow. the clip. I put the clip of you um doing the billiard balls, and that's where uh, that uh Princess Stephanie was calling you tall oh, okay. and handsome. And man, <laughs> people went crazy. I had over you know 1,500 views of that clip, and people just wow. saying how how classy and how amazing and how awesome you are. And I'm like, yeah, oh. he's going to be on the podcast tonight. Check it out. Come listen. <laughs> uh, dude, it's very nice
1: of you to say that. Thank you.
0: You are awesome. Your billiard ball routine was fantastic. Your sleight of hand is amazing, but you're known for this big illusions, man. You just got the all-around package. You can't ever retire. You No, it's not allowed. Ever. <laughs> it's been spoken okay. by All Wes right. Eisley, so it yeah, must yeah. be true. <laughs> you, you talk to Wes Eisley, I'll, I'll build you a theater in my backyard. I'll just pay you to entertain <laughs> okay. me and right. uh yeah there you go you don't ever have that's to worry about anything brett you're awesome That's, that's a deal. all right hey thank you so much man you this has been amazing anything else you want to tell us i would ask you for your instagram your facebook uh your website brett daniels is it just brett daniels.com
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's the that's it for right now and maybe one of these days i'll i'll like i said join the modern world but uh we'll see give me about a year and uh and uh, i appreciate uh you guys inviting me on to talk it was great
0: you are the best and if you ever have dvds of these shows i'll pitch them for you i'll sell them for you uh, seriously <laughs> i'll put them i'll put Thank them you. on the podcast page i'll put them on my magician's page we got to get this yeah. out here man this stuff can't just disappear you got yeah i want to see this show that got seen by 1.3 billion people
1: it's out there yeah you it was in china it was out there and uh yeah, I've got all that stuff. One day, I'll, I'll gather it all together. It's on all these different formats. I got tubs and tubs and tubs of of old videos that someday I'll have to go through when I get time. So it's on my bucket list. You'll be the first one to get it.
0: Hey, oh, hey, hey I'm clipping I'm, <laughs> I'm that out, too. I got that. It's on, it's, on, it's, on the, it's on the podcast. Hey, Brett, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. This has been amazing.
1: You're very welcome. Nice chatting with you.
0: All right, the only thing else we have to say is... Uh, See you next week. Check us out online at WesEisley.com and Patreon.com forward slash Wes underscore isley for behind-the-scenes videos, blooper videos, never-before-seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley, spelled W-E-S-I-S-E-L-I.